Happy Friday, everybody. It's Payday Friday. It's Julio. And Leslie. And this is Hold Up. How much? La, 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 la. Canta con mi coro, oye como va. La, 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 la. Deja la tristeza, échala pa' allá. What's going on, everybody? It's Julio, and I'm joined here again, as always, by the immaculate, <laughs> inspirational, oh, I like that. and Jeopardy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Leslie Munoz, how are you today? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. Are you enjoying those uh, that Jeopardy champions game that we were watching? Yes, I'm actually enjoying you get them all wrong every time you answer. <laughs> it was like, what was that? What's the name of that movie? I told Julio that he was um, the dad from She's All That. If you've ever seen We're Dating Ourselves, it was like always, but he literally gets everything wrong as he's watching Jeopardy in the kitchen um, What is cornucopia? Table. And he was talking about apples. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I will, a shooter's gonna shoot, alright? Shooter is gonna shoot. How's your week been so far? Good, good. Tiring, good, been getting up early to work out. Working the glutes. Working the glutes <laughs> and the hammies. Do you do that booty boot camp? <laughs> no. I do booty boot camp sometimes. And by booty boot camp, I mean like I fall and I hit my booty. <laughs> oh my God. It feels so good. Anyways, so another week and uh, we want to go ahead and continue the conversation when it comes to home buying. In the previous episode, we talked about... You know, why are you buying a home? And then the different mortgage options that were to buy a home. We kind of want to shift gears because there's so many, when it comes to buying a house, there's like so many like concepts and things that you have to think about when you're buying, you know, a house, a townhouse or an apartment. You know, there's a lot of things that are go into the purchase that sometimes we don't even think about. So I wanted to start off with this episode talking about costs. And the big thing about the costs are the costs that we never even consider. So I remember like... Not just money-wise. Yeah. Well, you lived in an apartment for a while. I mean, so when something would break, like for you in an apartment, like you would just call like a super, like a, your super or whatever it was. And they yeah, would but it, right? I never lived in an apartment where things broke down. Ever. It must be nice. <laughs> but to the truth be, truth be told, I like lived in an apartment, like one apartment complex for like one year. And then another one for like 13 months and then I moved back home because, yeah, that crap is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, lot, there's a lot of things that you, I mean, you didn't have to worry about like if the water heater went out, for example, or no, the air conditioner No, but you, you know, you have to worry about other nuances that are annoying, like neighbors and, you know, different things like that. Like if they're like passionate in romance next no door. <laughs> like like yelling at the top of their lungs and they had different neighbors huh whichever language they are speaking interesting so that was interesting it would have been nice i think they were yelling at the little boy because he would not go to sleep or something you know it's funny uh i remember a buddy of our of mine you know that i grew up with he would tell me that he lived in in, in an apartment complex and his neighbor was indian and they would cook these meals, it, it, there were some meals that he would smell through the vent. They were like, that's amazing. And there were some meals that they were cooking. He was like, what in God's name is that? <laughs> it is goat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, that, I mean, so, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's different things, but the cost side of it, you know, I think when you're thinking of cost, there's gotta be two aspects to look at. Cost with regards to... Monetarial. Like, well, cost... Is is, no, well, no, I guess, I don't know, you're the teacher. I'm talking about cost, like, 
the actual what it's gonna cost you if something breaks or like the maintenance that you're gonna have to deal with when you buy a house, mm-hmm. and there's also the cost that is involved. You know, when you're getting your house, there's different costs that are involved. So in the last episode, we talked about the costs that are incorporated with your closing costs, but there's a lot of other things to consider. You know, when you're looking to buy a house, whether it's a new build or it's a pre-owned home. <clears throat> so I want to start off with you know the costs of you know owning your own place. So a lot of things that happen like when you end up buying a place, or let's say you've been renting for a long time for an apartment. Right or a townhouse, mm-hmm. you know. Like I remember when we were we were in our townhouse, even though we owned it, it was you know there were things that we took for granted, like you don't have to water a lot of your grass because we had a little patch thing in the back <laughs> and we were good to go. But or the fact that you know it was like we didn't have like a, a large water heater, like any of these crazy things. But a lot of times when you're renting, you know, if anything is you know breaks or is acting weird or your toilet's running or whatever it is, you can put in a, you know a work request and somebody comes to your house and they fix it and you're done. But when you buy, the That's game changes. All on you. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about it. So, I, I mean, remember when we, when we moved to, to this house that we're currently in, you know, one of the thing, lessons that we learned, from, and which we'll talk about later on, is, you know, appeal for other people. Sometimes you got to buy some stuff that you know that if you're going to sell it in maybe five, ten years, that it's going to appeal to buyers that, you know, that for resale value. So, for us, it was in our last house, we had a smaller yard. So, we ended up getting... This house had a little bit bigger yard. Actually, Julio wanted the big yard. I was, you know, impartial to the I like whole to thing. do cartwheels. Like, I'm telling you all, it's huge. Like, I think it's like maybe four of our old backyards. Maybe hey. four. Maybe three and a half. But it's huge. For resale, it's going to be great. But anyways, so what I didn't think about when, I, when we bought this house is the watering aspect. So I remember when we first moved in, um, you know, for the first... So this was a new build. So what ends up happening is... Uh, the um, they set everything up for you, so the sprinklers, everything's already set up for you. So the whole first month, it's uh, you are you're basically the builder is going to have uh, the water bill under their name for about a month. So the builder always told us, listen, for this first month, make sure you're watering a lot. We set it up for a high watering uh, time so that the grass you know takes root, and then after that, you know you can adjust it however you want. I didn't understand when he said adjust it however you want was to adjust to make sure we're not wasting a lot of water. I didn't even think about it. So month comes, I switched the, the water over to my name and I didn't switch anything with regards to the water. I just kept it the way it was, Think not thinking. We got our first bill and I almost had a heart attack. Uh, you know, <laughs> anytime, anytime we've ever gotten a water bill, it's always been like maybe 50 bucks, 60 bucks. And I always shower like maybe like once a month, so that's the best part about it. So we can save a lot of water. No, I'm just kidding. So gross. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. You're too hairy to be showering only once a month. If you actually really did that, gross. That that'd be very weird. But no, uh, basically, you know, we uh, you know, it, we never had really high water bills. But then all of a sudden, I get the water bill for this house. It was four hundred and fifty dollars. I'm like, why? How? How is? That? So I called. The water company saying this is a mistake. There's no way. How is it 450 bucks? I've never paid. Look at my history with you guys. I've never paid. So the guy starts asking me like little random questions. He goes, uh, what has changed? I go, well, we're now in this new house. He goes, how often do you water your grass? I go, that's a great question. Uh, it says I, but it also says I do it, you know, three times a week. Yeah, but how long does it run in each section? So I started telling him, he goes, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, this is like. This is ridiculous. So I had to learn about how to adjust to a new environment. So it was either have lush, lush, lush green grass or have to eat couscous every every day. So these were costs I didn't think about because I said, well, for resale value, big yard, yay. But did I think to myself, hey, 
you're going to have to double or triple your watering when you buy this house. I did not think that. Same thing. Power. When we first moved into this house, you know, we paid power bills of like, I think it was like the best power bills we ever had was in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Oh, man. No, was that it, was the water bill. Was the water bill was like 30 bucks? Well, no, it was 16 bucks. 16 Yeah, I took care of the water bill. Six. I was in charge of the water bill. Those were good times. See, it was you. it was really breaking the bank when it was like twenty bucks. But y'all, I was like only making like ten bucks an hour. So yeah. But you were sixteen bucks for water. That was like I'm telling you, it was like the mecca of water. <laughs> so it was. Oh, and they even gave us what like a credit, like a hundred dollar credit uh-huh. or something like yeah. that because we had literally paid on time. For yep. Like yours truly two, paid on time. For three years in a row. So the last year we were there, um, water. we really didn't pay water for most of the of the year. Imagine there because it was a hundred dollar credit and I was only paying sixteen dollars for water. Heck yeah! It was the best. So that's the thing. So it's like so when we think of cost, you know, we think of the cost that happens when we change from uh, rent to buy, but it's also the cost when you move from one size house to another size. That's like the funniest thing. Like we have friends and even with us. So we, you know, we went from our previous house to our current house and you know you buy furniture that fits that house and we honestly to be real we haven't bought a lot of furniture at all um even like when we lived in jacksonville we lived in the town hall the only new furniture we bought was our 500 dollars sectional which we still have to this day yes it sits in our media room um what else did we buy we bought like an end table and stuff we literally bought from walmart ikea. furniture oh walmart yeah you're right it was from walmart and then we upgraded lasted, to ikea yeah but walmart furniture lasted forever yeah. i was surprised by that i mean we had end tables we had all kinds of stuff that actually lasted like years and years and years for that because we were there you know almost five years so it was like it lasted forever the whole time we were there um so yeah i mean think about it so you we, we bought furniture when we for when we were in north carolina for our smaller town home so we move into a bigger house, and all of a sudden the furniture that we have, it wasn't looks tiny. For, yeah, it looks super tiny, or it wasn't enough for the new house we were at. So the number one thing people do is, well, we need new furniture, and they go out and they spend thousands of dollars, or go to rooms to go where you have no interest until 2030, you know? <laughs> you know so Jesus pay- comes back. Pretty much, you know? And But the, what happens is, and then you're stuck making all these payments, and God forbid you miss a payment, which we, if you go back to our one of our first episodes, we talked about missing. No, but if you, yeah, if you miss it, but if you don't pay within that time, you get all the interest. Yeah, like, in, like how we talked about in our previous episode, about the fact that if you don't pay it in time, then you have to pay all that interest for those five, six, seven years, whatever it was, at the end of that time frame. So, it's, you know, the pitfall we always fall in is, like, oh, we need the newest furniture because we have to have make sure our house looks presentable. Or we need to make sure it fits our house. You know, I always say, you know, when you get to your new place give it a little bit of time you're gonna see that yes some of the furniture might look a little smaller in the areas yes some of the things you might have might be a little older for or from walmart or from different places but you know what if it's still working give it time because a lot of this stuff man furniture you've seen it furniture is expensive as heck Mm -hmm. it's like super expensive i mean remember what was that place that we went to that super expensive furniture copenhagen what is that (laughs) Remember? I don't the remember one, but, Okay, so it's a store that has to... Some people like it. It's not Julio nice taste. I hear We're, Copenhagen like a... <laughs> like dip. <laughs> yeah, it's not dip, but it's like Copenhagen. And um, it has like very, very modern furniture, but like it's extremely expensive. I mean, I like a chair is like $400. One chair for a dining room set. You need four. Is it made of panda? <laughs> Probably. 
<laughs> so, but I mean, so yeah, I mean, we have not bought furniture. Um, we bought our bed set no. because we had my bed set that my parents bought me, and so we put that in one of um the guest rooms, and then we bought our new bed set, and then we bought we bought a bed, and we bought the first, our yeah. couches like a for the living like a room. Year later. I don't think it was a year later. Maybe it was like we just literally bought the couches as soon as we moved down here. But then we you took those couches and where did we buy it from? It wasn't anywhere crazy. It was what Ashley's, Ashley's furniture and we got a good deal on it. So we put those, then we got those, and then like slowly we started adding. But we still keep using your remember those uh that your parents were even using it for a while that we use here in the uh in the island? What are those the island oh, chairs? Oh, we have bar stools. Yeah, your dad repurposed them. Remember, I think they were like one color and he colored them black or he redid them because a the dog chewed them all up. Well, yeah, he redid them. They were black. They're from Pottery Barn. Yeah. But they, um, but we still the dog use them. chewed them. I mean, yeah. we still use them. I mean, he, he sanded them down. He fixed it up. I mean, but the thing is, like, if it's still good, I mean, with time, you know, as it start breaking apart or as things are going, then you can go ahead and start looking for different things. But what happens is a lot of times we just want to buy, buy, buy to meet the size of the new house or to, you know, kind of keep up with the times. I mean, the best kind of style to have is those old couches that they would put with plastic <laughs> wraps on them. Remember those? Like, it would be in your grandma's house or like, and then I remember my parents had the ones with like the plastic. You couldn't sit on them. Those your were only for really guests. had the plastic on oh, them? Oh, yeah. There were ones that were in Ew. the entrance of the house, right, that you could not sit on. That was only... Yeah, but they don't, pla- they don't have plastic on My them. mom would always say, Eso no pasentate. Yes, Eso because, para la visita. yes, that's the formal living room. The formal. I know. And then our formal living room was like two little couches with a little bear that's been there for 20 years. <laughs> Which they got rid of. <laughs> R.I.P. But it, literally, so we couldn't sit there. That was the fu- that was the guest area. And then if we ever wanted to do anything, we had to go do it in the floor room, which we called the floor room, which was the living room. I don't know why we called it the floor room. I guess it was we were from Florida. It was the floor room. I think other people call it that too, but I, I don't know why it's called the Florida. Oye, vete para Florida. That's my dad. Oye, para de joder, vete para Florida. That's what they would always say. Every time we would want to do stupid. No, no, no. Vayan para Florida. Esto es para la visita. Florida. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, so, you know, so basically with that, you know, the, the number one impulse is to go ahead and start buying things that you didn't have, you know, in, in order to fit the space of your, of your room. The other costs that are that associated, you know, you got, we talked about power, we talked about water, but it's the actual, so it's the actual cost of handling the house itself. So it's, if you have a bigger yard, are you going to cut it yourself or are you going to have somebody else yes. cut it? If, are, are you going to have trees now? Do you have like this lush Pandora growing in your backyard? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like Navi, like, ah, <laughs> flying everywhere there. Are, um, oh my God. What else? Like, are, what are the different things you got to do? Like, if you were to do a plant bed, or like in your case, you buy the plant that dies two weeks later. You hush. <laughs> You're like, it was a bad egg. <laughs> I can't help egg. it. But like, exactly. So you start, you say, okay, well, let's buy some plants. Let's, uh, you know, decorate the front yard. Sure, you know, there's little costs that come with all this stuff. And then it's inside of the house costs that happen when something breaks. So if or outside, it can break or, outside. Oh yeah, especially like for example, like if a, like say you say you buy a pre-owned home, there a lot of times they don't really have a lot of warranties that come with it, depending on where you are, depending on your state. A lot of times when you buy a pre-owned home, it doesn't come. With it doesn't come with any kind of warranty. So if a sprinkler line breaks, now you got to find somebody to go out there, and if it's one of the junctures or it's one of the actual motors, especially if it's an older home, they more than likely have sprinkler systems that's made up of PVC, right? Oh yeah. And now the newer homes are using rubber. Um, they use rubber. rubber. Yeah. And so think about it. And then like, let's say you now you move into a pre-owned home, 
and you didn't do an inspection. Here's the craziest thing, and I always tell folks to keep an eye on this one, and we'll talk more about this when it comes to the cost of actually buying the house. There are times people go to buy a house and they're just so desperate to move that they don't do certain things. So they don't, so we, we can actually just jump into this section right now. You know, there are certain things that when you're looking to move, if you're moving out of necessity, there's been times where we moved out of necessity, there are certain costs you're not thinking of and you skip certain things which are gonna end up costing you later. I, I mean, like let's say for example, you don't, you don't do anything, you buy a pre-owned home and you don't do any inspections just so you can save a few thousand dollars. And then all of a sudden, you move a year into the house and the roof starts leaking. Question. Yeah. Because I'm sure other people, because can you do an inspection if you already buy a house that's brand new, but it's already been built? You can do an inspection. Like a spec home. Yes, you can. Believe it or not, that's a great question. So you can. And actually, I recommend you do an inspection no matter what kind of home you buy. And the, the reason is this. Let's say... Especially in new homes, they're trying to build them so fast. They're trying yes. just to get Leopolda. it done. Yeah, so it, a lot of times these houses go up between four to six months. So if they, if it's a spec home especially, if they're trying to build it quick, they're, they might have cut corners. They might have not have done things a certain way. Things might have been left off or even things might not have been done correctly. Yeah. For example, we bought a spec home. Yes, and we did. And within that first month that we had moved into that spec home, we found a ton of stuff. And the, here's the crazy part. We didn't do an inspection. What we ended up doing was... But did we, honestly, did we know about that? Uh, so here's what ended up happening. I don't think we, we thought about inspection. Again... We were naive. We were so naive, naive in the whole process. A lot of naive in the entire process. And to be honest with you, you know, they, the, the builder, uh, the, the, the person, the, when you go to a builder's uh, location, salesperson, yes. the salesperson's like, oh, you can have our builder do an inspection. Do you honestly think... They're gonna they're like, gonna be like, well, we screwed this whole wall up. We're gonna tear it all down and redo it for you. <laughs> and by the way, it's gonna be free. No, man, they're gonna be like, this house is immaculate. My God, was the Michelangelo build this house? <laughs> no. So we they said, oh, we'll have our builder do the inspection. Everything's fine. So we're like, oh, okay, yeah, it sounds great. Wow. Boom. Literally a day later, everything came back great. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> it did. So I remember uh, we had just moved in, and I started walking up to the second floor. And I literally go to hit the top step and it sounded like somebody just dropped a bomb in Baghdad. It's like, what the heck was that? They didn't nail the top floor to the top step of the stairs. So every time you hit the top step, they would be like, bah, bah. I was okay, like, it wasn't that it's loud. It's a little bit It's like, what is this? So, no, but seriously. So, and I'm like, what in God's name did they do over here? And then the toilet. The to- toilet. The, the, the toilet. I saw a toilet. That's a story for another day. So... Um, the guest bathroom toilet in the in the very front of the house in the other in the other home, you would sit on it and it was like you were on a like rocky horse. <laughs> like it didn't okay, it didn't rock, but like the lid was like off. Like you know, if you sit on a on a chair at a restaurant or you get a, cha- a table at the chair and you have to put the the sinking uh, was it the sugar packets underneath it so yeah. it won't wobble. That's how it was. So they came in, they fixed it, they put some caulking because you know apparently caulking fixes well, everything. Well, here's the whole thing. I, I call them and, and say, a wedge, hey. right? Yo, know, because I call them and say, "Hey, this toilet is wobbly." So you would think that a craftsman would come in and say, "Hey, there might be something wrong with how it's set." No, all I did was it threw a wedge, put in caulking. Oh, it should be fine. So what turns out is that that wedge is only good for a certain amount of time, and that caulking is gonna wear out. So I remember as we're getting ready to sell the house, the wobble became a wobble. <laughs> Like you know? it literally, like it was bad. Like yeah. I like, literally, when I was like going to the bathroom, I thought I was like on on the oceans and like the probably because he was like throwing bombs over Baghdad. Hey, 
don't judge my bowel movements, all right? <laughs> Kidding. So, so what ends up happening is I call a plumber, and the guy comes in. He literally lifts the toilet up, and he goes, who in God's name put this together? First of all, uh, the hole where the toilet needed to be sitting right over was literally a foot away from the actual toilet hole. So they had put like this elbow thing there. And then the best part of all, the reason it was wobbling is around this metal elbow thing that they had put, they put no concrete around it. So this thing was literally like suspended in midair, which is what kept it wobbling back and forth. So we were basically grabbing that metal pipe and we were moving it back. If we would have kept doing that for the next year, maybe next year, that thing would have cracked off and they would have had to do an entire pipe for the house. I'm talking about what cost us $2,000, by the way, to fix. Because, yep. oh, of course, we were out of warranty by the time that we found it. Uh, could have cost us even thousands of dollars. Maybe and like we couldn't five, afford ten. to leave it like that selling we couldn't. the house. No, we couldn't. Because, I mean, I mean, for responsible reasons and on top of that, it's just... It, we know for a fact that with, with a VA, they would have done an inspection even though they don't get that deep into it. But you never know. If they would have said, hey, this is the one thing that's going to back out of a, of a sale, we were like, we're not going to take any chances. So we fixed it. But again... These are the things that we could have found if we would have done an inspection. Likewise, you know, we didn't check the air conditioner when we first moved into that house or the heater. Remember with your, well, when your grandmother came over that first, uh, that, that first winter that she was down and we, I, I said, oh, I turned the heater on, should be fine. And everybody's sitting in the living room freezing. And when we, when they end up coming is that they didn't connect the gas. Yes. Remember that? They didn't connect the gas and all of a sudden it's like, boom. So it, little things that we would have never found. So what we did is when we built this house. I had an inspection pre-drywall and I had an inspection post-drywall. So let's get real quick into the cost of buying. And real quick, before we even move on, I just want to real quick uh, finish up with the whole story of the pre-owned house and the roof. So in the event that you, let's say you don't do that inspection and you start having a leak in the roof and they come out and say, actually, you know what? Your roof is pretty old and we have to redo. I'm talking about that's tens of thousands of dollars. We're talking about 10 grand. Maybe you change a roof depending on the size of your roof. And that's, you know, so... It's very important to make sure that you're doing an inspection. So let's get into the cost of actually buying the house. So when you're going to buy a home, always know this. When you find the home that's right for you, whether it's a pre-owned home or it's a new home, the first thing you have to know is uh, you're going to have to put in down some earnest money. That's regardless of whatever home you buy. The amount varies based on the yeah, new the, or, or pre-owned. Pre well, that and also the amount also varies between what the how qualified you are in being able to get that house. Yes. So a lot of times, like with a realtor, especially when you're selling a house, they're going to come to you and say, listen, we have XYZ offer. This, this person's going to give you this much cash. This person is qualified for this much, but they, cannot, they can't afford this much of a down payment. Uh, they're going to need help with closing costs. And then this person is going to do full financing and they want all closing. And so you're going to have different situations with different people you're going to sell to. So depending on that, if you're buying a pre-owned home, the seller might say, listen, we need to put some um, earnest money of 500 bucks, $1,000. That's basically what that's doing is it's showing that you are committed to buy that house. And that money goes towards your closing. So that money, it's not like that money you know, is going to get lost. That money ends up going applied towards your closing costs. So a lot of times it could be as small as 500 bucks. A lot of times it could be $1,000 depending on the kind of sale you're going to do. Yes. In a new home... Uh, especially if you're looking to build or even buy a, a spec home, uh, depending on the neighborhood, it could also vary. There are some neighborhoods, like especially so here in Texas, that it, you know, depending on how expensive the houses are or what the market is in that particular uh, development, you can look at some that are thousand dollars, 
I mean, there's been some that in the really expensive areas are like five thousand dollars. Ours for this previous home that we bought was five hundred, correct? Five hundred for the one previous one that we had. For this one, it was was it two thousand here? Yes, it was two thousand here. So it varies. So if, I would say it varies by neighborhood. It varies by the price points, and it varies by what you're doing. But also, um, if you're thinking right now, holy crap, how am I going to come up with that money? Uh, a lot of the times, they will work with you, and if you're like pre-approved, they will be more willing to take that in payments, like maybe one or two payments, um, and work with you. Because at the end of the day, that's not going to be the thing that wa- that they're going to let come between them and a, and a sale. Yeah, so that's why I say it's very important to research your market. If you're in a market that's hot, and there are people that are going to come with those $2,000, know that then you're probably going to have a hold off a little bit before you can go buy a house. If you're in a market where there's uh, the sellers are desperate, houses are sitting on the market for 45, you know, 90 days or plus, you know, the sellers are going to be more willing to work with you. So they'll say, hey, listen, okay, it's we, our earnest money is 2000 but if you want to give us for the next three, you know, for the next few weeks, for your next paycheck, give us 500 then 500 the paycheck after that. They'll work with you in order to really get the money that they need for earnest money. But ultimately, it's it's a commitment. In the event that you get into this area and all of a sudden you back out for no reason, it had nothing to do with financing, had nothing to do with you know you not qualifying. It just had to do with oh I want it because whenever you put the earnest money down and you start negotiating, now you're talking about you're going to be going under contract. There's a good chance that if you now go on when once you go under contract and any other sell any other buyer wants to come and look at the house. The real the realtor will disclose. Listen, we're either under contract, or we're about to go under contract, or we already have some earnest money put down, and we're looking about entering contract. That's going to dissuade a lot of uh, buyers because they're going to say, "Oh, they already have a, bu- a buyer. Let's move on to the next thing." So, in the event that you put that earnest money down and you back out, and it's something that has nothing to do with the financial reason, like the financing that you're going to do. You lose that earnest money. That goes. That stays now with the the seller, and they keep that and money. And that you're in in that pro, on that aspect, you're referring to pre-owned houses. pre-owned houses, correct? So, and you look buying a new home or a yes. new apartment or a new townhouse. Not you can apartment too. New apartment. You, well, if you buy a new apartment, because remember, not everybody's gonna buy a house. You can buy a new apartment. You can buy a new townhouse. I, yeah, forget. So, apartments. when you're buying any one of these, you can put you can put earnest money down, but you can put in writing that. If you, uh, let's say if you have a house you need to sell and it doesn't sell, or you could put a prerequisite that if at any point you back out or if you cannot sell your home or you cannot get financed or you don't qualify for the house, you can get the money back. But it's very important you get it in writing. A lot of times when you're doing things in sales, especially with a house you've learned from our previous episodes, there's one thing where people talk to you about stuff and they say things verbally. And there's another thing when they put it on paper. If it's on paper, it's not a legal binding document you sign it the seller signs it it's legal a lot of times if it's he said she said good luck fighting that in court it's gonna be a big time problem especially if you're talking about two three four five thousand dollars you gotta put down an earnest money yes, so no right off the bat you're looking at earnest money whenever you're buying a house the next thing is know that you're gonna need to do an inspection and i say especially if you're gonna buy if you're gonna buy a pre-owned if you're gonna buy a new home you need to really get an inspection. It's a wise choice to make. And you know, you bring up a good point earlier about the inspection because there were a lot of things that even this house that we built. And think about it, we built this house and a lot. And the contractor said the same thing. Hey, I have my own inspector. He's going to come by. And he looks at everything whenever we're building. 
I said, that's great, but I still want to have my own inspector. Granted, the inspector cost me like 400 bucks to come pre-drywall, which is still a lot of money. But they found a ton of stuff. They found that there was a wiring that was not mounted correctly. They There's found an issue that with the AC. There unit. was a thing with the AC that it was not set up correctly. It's so these are things that they were finding that of, apparently their contractors should have been finding left and right. But this uh, independent uh, inspector was finding everything. They found that there were things with the siding that was not anchored correctly. So they're gonna find things that you would never think to look at. Now you're buying pre-owned. They're gonna go around. They're gonna check everything. They're gonna check uh, the, the they're gonna check the uh, air conditioner and the heater to make sure that when you put it on each setting that it actually is uh, working correctly. They're going to check your water pressure. That's a big one also because even when they were checking this house, they checked the water pressure and it was like super light, and they had to fix that before we moved in. So they're gonna check a bunch of stuff in your in your home. To make sure that it is working correctly. If there is something, especially if you're buying pre-owned, that is not right, you can make a stipulation that we will not. We, we still want to buy the home, but we will not move in until X Y Z is fixed. Likewise, if there's something that's some serious damage that you think that is not structural and it's not going to affect the integrity of the house, but you can still you know do work. Whether it's uh, there's a, a hairline cracks on the drywall in your house, whether it's the there's tiles that are cracked in the house that we sold. There was in the outside masonry. There were these like um, where the weep poles were. Uh, no hairline cracks. Yeah, there were like these hairline cracks where the grout was. So I had to ha- we had to find somebody that knew how to fix that because they did not before they bought the house they wanted that fixed. And again, again, it was a VA sale. So the VA, even the VA inspector said, "Hey, listen, yeah, you guys gotta get that fixed." So again, money we had to put into it, but it was money to make sure we got this house sold. So inspection, I say, is key to everything you do. The next thing is know that you're going to have to put money down like we had talked about before. So if you're going to get ready for your sale, make sure you have money down. When we, uh, when we were actually um, looking to buy a house, we did not save any money. I mean, yes. we had none. And at the time, we had gone over our VA limit, so we could not. And that's when we were buying the current home we're in right now. We had to move. You know, we were looking to move, but again, we had not saved that much money. The number one thing people do whenever they're going to go buy a house and they say, well, I didn't save enough money, but I have a 401k is they go and they dip into their 401k. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm guilty of it. I've done it in the past. Um, I've dipped into my 401k and here's the crazy part about it. You are thinking that you're saving yourself time by dipping into this. Well, you're not, you know, you're not at the age to be able to take that. So now I think the rules have changed a little bit where you can now take out a one time, um, you can take out money one time in order to make it as a down payment for a house. I think there's a limit of I believe $5,000 you could take out. But it, with my 401k there, basically if you take it out, not only do you have to pay a penalty for taking out the money, but you got to pay taxes on the money you <laughs> took out. So I thought nothing of it. I'm like, ah, the tax is probably going to be this and this and that. Well, we got to go do our taxes and when we could have gotten back a substantial amount of money, it got reduced significantly because we got penalized by touching our 401k. So, lesson learned. Yes. Uh, don't. So, my recommendation is, if you want to buy a house and you do not have the down payment, I recommend that you start saving as soon as possible. I understand you probably found that house that you love. It's probably, you say, this is my dream home, my forever home. I love this home. But just know that it's important to start saving as soon as possible. So you're going to have a down payment you're going to have to worry about in that regards. 
Also know that when you're buying a home, there's going to be other expenses, you know, maybe not after the sale of the house. So if you're buying a new house, yeah. know that now you're looking at insurance. Yep. So it's not just the, the mortgage that yeah. you're worried about. And you're also looking at, like, for example, um, we ladies, sometimes men, you know, you get to go to the design center. Um, some particular home um, builders will charge you a certain amount based on what you're picking. And what I mean by charge is that you will have to pay a, a certain amount percentage 50%. 50% 20% whatever up um after you make those selections at like kind of like in good faith because once you make those selections they cannot be changed so say you back out of the house they're stuck with those selections you know forever and what Leslie's talking about is when you're buying a new home uh yes, and you go to sorry, design center and there's like yeah if, if you're going buying a new home and you're going to the design center what happens is uh they're upgrades so let's say a house already comes with laminate but if you want to upgrade the tile and you want to upgrade the tile the entire house, that's an upgrade. And especially if you go to level two, level three, level four they tile. They have different levels. Like they'll have tiles that actually come with the house, but then they have different levels that um, are even better. For example, porcelain tiles. By the way, stay away from porcelain tiles because at the end of the day, no one coming into your house is going to know whether you have porcelain tiles in your bathroom or on your kitchen backsplash the only person that's gonna know is you and if you tell someone oh these are porcelain they're really not gonna care um you're gonna care because it's gonna hit you in the wallet pretty hard um so stay away from those just fyi so what leslie was basically talking about is so as you do these upgrades let's say that if it's standard there's no cost to it but let's say for everything whether it's flooring seven thousand dollars it's a sink a thousand dollars if it's a different kind of, you know, uh, cabinet. So let's say by the time you do all these upgrades, your total upgrades were $20,000. If a lot of times, a lot of these builders ask for 50% up front. So if you're $20,000 already in upgrades, you got to come up with 10. So that's a cost right 10 there. 10 grand. You, yeah. 10 grand. That on you, top of closing. On top of closing, on top of down payment, on top. Earnest money if you're still on top to of, pay that. Yeah. So, you know, you're earning. So it, just know that that's extra money you got to come up with in that regards. But going back real quick to um, the actual mortgage itself. So a lot of times when people move into a home, they think mortgage, that's the main thing I got to do. So we talked about the expenses you have with, you know, maintenance of your house, but you also got to think about the expenses that you have with regards to that mortgage. Insurance is number one. So whenever you're doing your mortgage and you're looking to buy a home, they're going to tell you to start shopping around uh, your insurance because insurance can vary, especially no matter what state you're in, no matter what, uh, what area you're in. Uh, some insurance companies are going to charge you more in North Carolina. Uh, it was not just the insurance, but we had to get wind and hail. So uh, based on our, the mortgage that we have, and even just based on the mortgage rules that were out there, you were financing a home, you had to have mortgage and you had to have wind and hail. And in North Carolina, where we were at, these were two separate policies. So that made the entire, that cost a lot higher. So, and again, with the way that houses happen nowadays, if, if you look at the old days, like when my parents bought their house in, in the early, like 91, 92, um, they had everything separated. So you would have your mortgage and then you would have, there were no escrow accounts. Basically what happened is you would decide how you're going to pay your taxes. You would have, you know, you pay your taxes directly to the, the city every month, every quarter, or at the beginning or end of the year. So if you paid all up front, I believe you get a, a, a discount, things of that nature. And likewise, your insurance, you pay it directly to your insurance company. That has since changed. I believe it was like towards the late 90s, early 2000s. Now you have escrow accounts. So the way that it works is when you're going to go buy a home, 
your insurance, your taxes, and your interest is all calculated. Well, your interest is automatically taken out, but your insurance and your um, uh, your taxes are all of a sudden calculated in an escrow account. So every month when you're making your payment, the bank has estimated how much is going to go into escrow. Now, the one thing you got to pay attention is that, make that, especially if you're buying a new home, that's a newly built home and on, on land, when you're first getting those first bills for your mortgage, what's going into escrow for taxes is only the value of the land. Once you go past the year and they do an, an, an uh, they reanalyze, you know, they do ta- a new tax analysis on the property and see, and now there's a home built on there. Once the value of the house is now added to the value of the land, your taxes are radically going to change. So a lot of times when you're, you know, when you're working with a mortgage broker, they're going to tell you, listen, you're going to be paying this, but you need to be ready that when the new year comes around or whenever you're, you know, they do, they do another analysis of your property your taxes are going to change significantly. So make sure you're saving X amount of money, you're doing this, you're doing that. So they're going to advise you on what you need to be doing. So know that there's going to be different costs that are going to be associated with you know doing with doing business. So insurance can change quite a bit from one year you can be paying $1,000 in insurance and then all of a sudden the next year you get, you know, they'll give you, um, your insurance company will call you, they'll send you a letter saying, hey, your insurance is going up maybe 20 bucks or it could be $500. And you're like, what the heck? So it's important to know that there are associated costs. Last thing about insurance is a lot of times you'll get uh, discounts when you bundle your insurance. So if you bundle your car and your home and, you know, if you have like, let's say an RV or things of that nature, when you bundle all that, uh, it actually reduces the cost. So know that uh, there are options out there to lower your cost when it comes to buying insurance. Likewise, if you're a prior military if you work with like companies that give discounts to prior to active or prior military, especially if you have a disability, uh, find companies that are willing to work with you in that regards. So again, uh, costs. Uh, I, I when you're buying the home, you know we talked about down payments, we talked about earnest money, we talked about your escrow, we talked about closing costs. The one thing I want to talk about now, shifting a little bit from cost, is your attitude when buying the home not really attitude like oh i need a new house or oh, i'm samantha but it's more like looking at your house a little earlier we had talked about buying at a necessity and there were times where we just bought a house because we had to buy a house our last house we had to buy it at a necessity uh leslie's mom was not doing you know she had just passed and you know there were situations with with the house we were in so we really needed to find a home yes and, you know, we, we were limited on time. We were limited on resources because we had just gotten out of the military. So we had to figure out where we were going to move. Um, lo and behold, we had our budget. We saw what we qualified for. So we started looking at houses and we found the house that met our budget, which was the one that we talked about. We didn't get an inspection. But here's the thing. When we looked at the house, we said, oh, my God, if it's perfect, oh, my God, it's huge. And for me, you know, I'm from Miami. So anything over 1,200 square feet, I'm like, oh, my God, it's a mansion. You know, so, you know, when I saw that, you know, the, the size of the house that it was and what we could buy for the money that we were qualified for, I was more like, yes, this is the house. We were super excited, but we were, did not look at the house practically. And what I mean by that is a lot of times when you're going to go buy a home, you're automatically saying, I'm looking for my forever home. I'm looking for the house I'm going to be in for the rest of my life. Yes. Believe it or not, the average person stays in a home three to five years on average in the United States. So very, you know, few are the days where people will stay at a house. Like, for example, my parents, when uh, the house that they still live in today, uh, they bought in 91. Uh, and we literally lived in there until I joined the military. My brother 
you know, went off to pharmacy school. My parents still live there till today. And that, that's literally been there for her home. Now, don't get me wrong. They're about to retire. So even though they call it forever home, they are now going to move and they're going to downsize because it's only them. So, you know, things are going to change. But the concept of forever home, you have to be very careful with. Because a lot of times what you are, you can do now might not be something that you can be able to do later on. And I'm talking about physically. I'm talking about physically. I'm talking about financially. I'm talking about uh, just uh, even how, whether you're married, divorced, whether you know, um, you're living with your, your, your parents have to now move in with you. So there are practicalities that we did not think about when we bought that house. For example, that house when we bought it, it was a two-story house. What we liked about it was the master bedroom was in the bottom. And we said, oh, you know, whenever we have kids, they'll go upstairs. And we had an office in the front of the house. So it was like things that we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. We got an office, we got a game room. We were so infatuated with the fact that we get all these things for our price point. They were like, this is amazing. What ends up happening is, I think this is the first test of us not identifying the practicality, was my parents come to visit us. Yeah. And my parents, you know, are a little older. They, you know, they got, their knees aren't as great as they used to be. My mom can't walk as much as she can, as she used to, you know. My dad, you know, he's got back problems and knee problems. So, you know, they're they're all a little older, so it's harder for them to get around. The only room for them to go to were upstairs. We had three bedrooms upstairs. And your grandmother came too. And my grandmother came too. My grandmother couldn't even go up the stairs. She had to actually sleep in the office. So think about it. I had three perfectly good rooms upstairs that only my mom and my dad were able to stay in and my aunt because she came at that time. But literally, it would take them forever to go upstairs. It would take him forever to come up, come down the stairs. So there were a lot of times when my mom would be upstairs. We, it, she would just sit in the TV room that we had up there because she didn't want to make the whole trek downstairs because it would hurt her knees. Mm-hmm. So and I didn't think about that. Likewise, we have our son now. Can you imagine? I mean, we we I mean, the, his room is not that close right now, but it's a lot closer than having to climb up a whole set of stairs to then get to his room. So I'm thinking, oh my god, if he has an emergency in the old house, we have to run up these stairs and try to get to him. Or on the flip side, let's say we're half asleep. And we got to come back downstairs because he doesn't want to go to bed and we want to go back to sleep. And we're going to bring him to the bed or for whatever reason. Let's just say, imagine you're half asleep and you're walking down the stairs with a two-month-old, a four-month-old, and you fall down the stairs. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And these are things we didn't I think mean, about. Other people do it. We understand that, yeah. that, you know, sometimes that cannot be, you know, that issue cannot be avoided. Yeah. But for us, it was it was an issue. We did not, we didn't feel comfortable leaving him upstairs um, at any point, honestly. Yeah. Um, Hispanic, hashtag Hispanic mom. <laughs> um, and so, um, that was an issue. And I think that was our main reason why JJ was the main reason we decided to sell the house just because it was hard. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I started in the more, so the more I looked at the house, I, I started thinking practically, okay, how does this, like, there's a lot of things that just don't make sense. We had three bedrooms upstairs, but only one full bathroom. So let's say we have another kid or we have my parents visiting and we had JJ upstairs. Everybody's waiting to use a bathroom. There's only one bathroom. And if not, they had to go downstairs, use a half bath, or use our bathroom. Mm-hmm. So it was like, practically, it while the house was nice, it just didn't make sense for a lot of reasons. So even when it was just me and Leslie, because it was pretty much her and I living in this house at that time, we had about 1,100 square feet that was the second floor that we never used. And it was the fact that, you know, to trek all the way up there, just to, let's say, watch TV, or to just hang out up there. So she had a craft room that she never even used. We had, uh, you know, a, a, a TV room up there we never even used. We had uh, three, two other, you know, three bedrooms that we never even used. So it's like yeah. we said, okay, we have this house. We're paying this money for heating and for you know and for cooling, 
and we're not even using 1,100 square feet. Because, and, and you know, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I also have you know knee issues because from being in the military and back issues. So even me going up and down the stairs, it would have been a pain in the butt. So it just practically did not make sense. So we always said, well, this will be our forever home. But as we, we you know, we were there for three years, and we said, you know, is this truly our forever home, or is it something that's really going to make the most sense? And we decided, you know, no, we wanted something that was a little more practical, something that was one story, that when my family comes over, when her family comes over, that whenever, you know, do we have JJ, that's something that's easily accessible that we can use at all times. The last thing I'm going to leave you all with, especially when it comes to practicality, especially when it comes to the forever home, really look at the house you're buying. Uh, What you're probably looking at now might be something that you like. But is it something that's going to be sellable in the future? And I say this the following. We looked, we went to go see a house uh, when we were first in the market looking for a home. And this house had a beautiful kitchen. Do you remember that one that had the, the Viking stove and it had the Viking fridge? Remember that one? Yes. That was I, that was a nice kitchen, but the house... Was, but even the we, backyard. We fell in love with the backyard. The backyard was it was huge. It was incredible. I'm telling you. But the problem is, as we started going through the home, the rooms were microscopic. They were super tiny. And on top of that, it's like... What was it? It had like the the master bathroom. Like they, they didn't have a closet. They had to like this had this makeshift closet. Yeah, they, it was like I think this, it was super small. I don't even know. Like maybe the size of like a a linen closet. So that was like the main closet, and the whole thing was we're like, but we loved the house. But then like I wanted to buy it. Like I was like, oh, I love this house. I love because I kept saying the backyard and the kitchen. But Leslie kept saying. We're not going to live in the backyard and the kitchen. And half those plants I probably would have killed anyway. That's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) But so, and you know, practically looking at it, let's say we wanted to resell the house, which come to think of it, that house sat on the market for over 200 days because people kept saying the same thing. They didn't like the size of the bedrooms. They didn't, they were, you know, they don't, they like the fact there were not enough closets. It's the things that you have to look at when you're buying a home. When you're buying a house, don't just look at, at how nice it looks for you. But think about resale. Does it make sense? Because when we sold our last house, we were having a lot of issues because people were saying, hey, the backyard is just too small. There's not enough of a big backyard. But we, for us, we were like, well, this is a huge yard for us. But if you really looked at it for people that wanted to have you know, kids and throw parties and stuff like that, or they want to build up the yard, we had a small yard for them. So my suggestion is when you're looking to buy that house, yes, think of forever, but know that your situation can change. Know that there's gonna might come a moment that if you have, let's say you only wanted one kid and you end up having three kids, or your parents have to now move in with you, or your situation at work changes and you have to sell that home, that it's gonna be desirable to somebody else that's gonna buy it. So all little things to remember when you're you know buying your house. So like I said, we talked about costs that are associated now with buying a new home. There are costs that are gonna be associated with the purchase of the home. And there's also the practicality of when you buy this house. So overall, I hope that this helps you, that as you're going into your purchase, you now understand what are the costs associated with it and that you can make a better decision for yourself and for your family. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode and we wish you the best of luck on your journey to purchasing um, a new or a pre-owned home. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to contact us on our Instagram page or what's that website that we... You can go through our email, which is ljmindustry at gmail.com. Also, rate, subscribe, leave us a comment, leave us a voicemail if you're on Anchor and find us on all platforms. We're now on TuneIn. We're now on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. 
Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, I'm Julio. And I'm Leslie. This is Hold Up. How much? All right, guys. You have a good weekend. And I like it. And I like it. Yeah. Your love for me is irresistible. I can fight it. I can fight it. Yeah. If life is water, I was dry as two sounder. If it's a gamble, I already lost my shit. If it's a journey, I was